And what I love about it is all these shows we went to, you know, we've been in Hartford or Providence or Jersey or New York City or yeah. different Foxborough, uh, Fenway Park, the Garden, you know, and it's always the same. You know, we, Scats is crazy. He, he loves, he, he's so afraid. The ticket says 730. We all know Bruce isn't going to go on until 810. He makes us get our, you know, butts in the seats by 731. He's always nervous. I'm like, Scats, I can't believe we're sitting here watching it. And then, you know, back in the days before the internet, Scats was great because he would write down the songs as they went along so we didn't have to remember them afterwards. We're driving back, wherever we're, you know, whoever's driving that night, and we'd, you know, go over the set list. And it's, it's kind of one of those fun memories that I, I look back on and really, you know, appreciate. The, fun, the funnier part of that, as I'm remembering it, is one night I didn't have a piece of paper. I forgot. I had the pen. So it was like up and down my arm, and we're trying to, like, read it as we're as i'm dropping i think that night and you know obviously we're sweating and everything so some of the songs were running we had to remember like what it was because i got like a couple letters missing and but it was pretty fun uh That's you know pre, pre the internet era where you could just look it up really quickly or or twitter you know or something like that Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lessing Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and we have uh, a double shot of Scots in another friendship episode, uh, another in our series of uh, Bruce Buds uh, that have a strong friendship because of a mutual love of Bruce Springsteen's music. So Scott and Scott, welcome to the show. Thank you. Jesse, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so um, uh, Scott Schuster, why don't we start with you? You are a return guest. So tell us a little about yourself. Give us your elevator pitch. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I live in Natick, Massachusetts. I uh, love Bruce. I'm really excited about the new album. And when I heard about this, uh, this friendship uh, deal you had, Scats, Scott Katz, who we, I don't know tonight, was the obvious one to go with. Um, we have known each other for a long time. We went to summer camp together. And then when I went off to college, we didn't see each other a few years. And then when we got back, he was living, I was, um, one summer in Boston and he was already living there and he said, Hey, why don't you come over? And by the way, bring a pizza, which I thought was pretty funny because I didn't see him tell me to bring food. Yeah, we, exactly. Up, Everything's uh, better discussed over pizza or Chinese. Jesse, so. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I went over and hung, hung, hung out with him one night. We had a couple of beers and some pizza. We listened to Bruce and, uh, you know, I knew we were fans before, but, uh, you know, we, we went from album to album, ranking them, discussing them and, that conversation has continued to, to tonight with no very few interruptions. <laughs> That's very nice. Uh, I I just recently had um, uh, Skip from the Skip and Josh podcast, and he was talking that um, he and Josh have been lifelong fr long friends, and basically the podcast started out is what their Saturday morning like every Saturday they would call and talk sports with each other. And they right. said, we might as well do a podcast, <laughs> you know, so we're doing yeah. it anyway. All right. So Scott Katz, is that, yes. uh, give us your elevator pitch. 
It's hard to top that one, but um, <laughs> give it a shot. I try and I try and have as many friends named Scott as possible. It makes my life a lot easier, especially. Yes. But um, Scott Schuster and I have known each other. This will be 42 years this year. Wow. I don't know if he remembers that, but 42 years. And um, yeah, I'm a I'm a, also a big Bruce fan. Um, I think when you're a kid, um, other than your 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 dad, if you're a guy or your mom, if you're a woman, I guess, without being sounding sexist, I think that's realistic. Uh, you look up to, you know, an older brother or cousin or some other male figure and go into this summer camp. You know, you look up to the guys that were your counselors or the, the guys in the neighborhood that were older and they were all Bruce fans. So as a young kid, wanted to hang out, you know, with the older guys, uh, you know, five, six years, seven years older. Um, you know, you start listening to Bruce. I didn't know who he was. There was no internet back then. You know, you kind of just, you know, it was Casey Kasem was the national uh, thing. And, you know, I was listening to Bruce as early as, you know, nine years old and, uh, or even a little bit younger, but I didn't probably realize who he was until, you know, maybe 1981 or so. Yeah. Um, with, with Hungry Heart and the River album and um, just sort of took off, you know, uh, when I got to high school, I was born in the USA and uh, you know, since then I haven't missed tour. And when Scott and I got back in touch would have been in the, well, 42 years. So whatever, however that is late eighties, yeah. early nineties, um, it coincided right in time for, you know, for a tour we ended up going together and I did a little research cause we were talking about it before, but, um, I've, I've been to 57 shows counting Broadway and with Scott, I have the number at 41. So that's, yeah. you know, and some of the shows that we weren't, didn't go together. We were there together. Like we were there yeah. at the same time, waving to each other. We just, he's with his family. I'm with my family, something like that. But 41 where we literally went together. Um, so that's, I think that's a pretty cool. heaven percentage. I mean, yeah. I, I haven't been keeping track, but I think you're leader in the clubhouse of the biggest percentage of, you know, bonding together. That's, that's pretty uh, that's impressive. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. To be fair, I think I've been to 80 something shows. So my percentage isn't the same. So I don't want to cheat somebody else yeah. out of that huge right. uh, mark. But yeah, I mean, look, and what I love about it is all these shows we went to, you know, we've been in Hartford or Providence or Jersey or New York City or yeah. different Foxborough, uh, Fenway Park, the Garden, you know, and it's always the same. You know, we, Scats is crazy. He he loves he he's so afraid. The ticket says seven thirty. We all know Bruce isn't going to go on till eight ten. He makes us get our you know butts in the seats by seven thirty one. He's always nervous. I'm like Scats. I can't believe we're sitting here watching. And then you know back in the days before the internet, Scats was great because he would write down the songs as they went along, so we didn't have to remember them afterwards. We're driving back wherever we're, you know, whoever's driving that night and we, you know, go over the set list. And it's, it's kind of one of those fun memories I, I look back on and really, you know, appreciate. The, fun, the funnier part of that, as I'm remembering it is one night, I didn't have a piece of paper. I forgot. I had the pen. So it was like up and down my arm and we're trying to like read it as we're, as I'm dropping, <laughs> I think that night. And, you know, obviously we're sweating and everything. So some of the songs were running. We had to remember like what it was. Cause I got like a couple letters missing and, but it was pretty fun, uh, you know, pre, pre the internet era where you could just look it up really quickly or, or Twitter, you know, or something like that. So I, I am going to um, reinforce Scott Katz's illogical fear 
because I'm going to tell a story. I had um, Brian Wilson was doing a tour celebrating. He had done an album of Gershwin covers, you know, and he wasn't playing anywhere close to me, but he was playing in Winnipeg, Canada. And at the time I worked for a company that had an office where like six or seven of the employees worked for me and I would go to Winnipeg once a year to see them. And so I went to my boss and I said, Hey, I need to go see, I, you know, it's time to go visit the Winnipeg people. And like, okay. And I like, and by the way, I just want to be very clear with you, you know, there's a Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys is doing a concert and that's why I'm picking this time frame. <laughs> like, well, okay. You know? <laughs> yeah. So um, I went out to dinner with a coworker. She wanted me to try this French restaurant and she was so excited. And I kept looking at my clock like, okay, it's getting close. It's getting close. And she's just laughing and joking and they're, they're trying to bring the card and it's taking, then she wants to introduce me to the owner. And I'm like, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. And she, um, she drops me right at the door. And so I go in and I'm like, I've got to pee. And so I I'm in the bathroom and I start hearing the opening songs chords. And I'm like, damn it, damn it. See, it, it's he started right at 7.30, even though everyone knows it's going to be eight. So I'm, I'm, I, it took me two songs. I was so angry at her and so mad at myself. Be quiet, Charlie. As angry as he is, apparently. Yes, and uh, <laughs> Charlie can tell I'm upset. And I finally had to, I actually talked to myself. I went, Jesse, you have traveled all this way. Do not mess up this concert by being angry that you missed, you know, two minutes of a song, you know, and I, then I relaxed and enjoyed. So I'm right there with you, Scott. I I can, I have two quick stories that tie in the logic slash illogic. uh, And they both predate my friend Scott here. So this may explain to him this, uh, and he's not the only friend that gives me heartache over this. Um, and it's not just for Bruce, by the way. I'm consistently the guy that wants to be there on time. Um, but we went to a series of shows. Anytime it's, you know, Boston is the hub for us. So he was playing the Garden and we went and it was the Devils and Dust tour. And we went the first night of two. And we were there, you know, I drove him crazy. We were there, you know, good half hour earlier than we needed to be. And Bruce started you know, right around 8.09, we usually have, you know, a bet going, who's got, who's got the number, you know, is it 8.11, 2, 8.02, whatever. It was like 8.09, I think, 8.10. So the next night we go, and we get there a little bit early, but he looks at me and he's like, listen, you know it's not happening. It's going to be like last night. Just relax. And you're in the seat. Just relax. I got to go to the bathroom. You want to grab, I'm going to grab a beer. Do you want something, whatever, water? He get, and the people behind us are talking, oh, oh I wonder what's happening. It's not starting. And and I remember I turned around. He goes into the aisle and he goes up the aisle. And I turn around and said, hey, don't worry. Last night it wasn't until, and I couldn't finish the sentence, the lights went off. He was a minute later. And within like seconds, Scott was running back down. <laughs> was in the aisle. All right, so that's the first one, but that was with him. But when I was in high school, the Born in the USA tour, I had seen him in, I believe he started it in, in Worcester first and then Boston, the way it worked. And... Uh, he was playing in Providence, and I remember I was so mad. Providence about 45 minutes, you know, south of, of where we are. And I was just 
you know, I was in high school. I, I, I didn't have a car. I, I just, I was, I was so frustrated because again, no internet, you don't know what's going on. I didn't know anyone there. There was no texting. It was pre cell phone. And a buddy of mine who came by is a year ahead of me. He just happened to ring the bell. He was like driving around. He rang the bell and I was there and uh, he's like, Hey, what's going on? I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm just, I'm so upset. I didn't. And as we're sitting there, my phone rings and it's a friend from high school with his girlfriend and he had an extra ticket. The guy didn't show up. All I had to do was get to Providence and they're at dinner. And what am I going to do? And I look at this other guy and he's just kind of looking at me and I'm like, buddy, you got to step up. And uh, somehow I talked him into it and he drove me to Providence to this day. He's never let me forget this. Anytime he needs a favor for his kid or anything, he's like, I drove you to Providence. He didn't even get to go. He drove me, dropped me off at the steps of the, the civic center and he drove home. And I ran up the steps uh, and the ticket was, you know, my buddy was going to be waiting on the other side of the door. And I'm trying to get the, the security to let me in to, to just get into the lobby so they yeah. could get the ticket. And they had already closed those doors. And I'm like, you got to let me in. You got to. And meanwhile, there's like seven other total groupies that have no tickets that yeah. are just giving them a hard time. And I'm losing my mind because I don't see my friend inside. And then I hear the music and I'm missing the first song and I'm losing my mind. Okay. Picture OCD. I'm literally. Sure. Absolutely. And then out of nowhere, the, the security guards finally are like, all right, that's it. And he's going to shove us all down the stairs. And I'm like, and my friend opens the door like, Hey, how you doing? I'm like, Oh, and I like ran past him, grabbed the ticket. We got in and, uh, that's what started that off. And the, the, the twist to this is that night we were on the floor in the very back and he was smaller. So I had his girlfriend on my shoulders so she could see. So yeah. I'm dying, you know, three hour show. The show ends and it was January. I remember this late January, the show ends. And I'm like, I had to sit down. I'm just like, Oh my God. Like I'm drenched. Yeah. Everyone's leaving the floor going up to the loge. And it's a good five minutes or more past the show. And all of a sudden, I see a guy run back on stage and put the mic back in. And I'm like, whoa, we got to move. And we moved all the way up to about the second or third row. And Bruce comes, they'd come back out and they played Wooly Bully, which at the time I didn't know what it was. Yeah. And the, finally we're like, oh my God. And I heard like the next day, people had left the arena, heard the music, were trying to get back in. Yeah. And then he motions to Roy, like playing the piano and Roy shakes his head no. And he does it again. And Clarence says yes. And he played Santa Claus. So it was like the greatest show that I missed the first song of. And uh, that that's why I'm so paranoid. These days. That is a great story. I appreciate it. I, I've, I've told the story other times that um, I was in Louisville um, during the second river tour and, um, and the show was over. It was over. And I actually saw Max hand someone his drumsticks, right? And then all of a sudden, Bruce walked back and at the mic and picked up a guitar and you could see the band kind of all look and uh, they did Bobby Jean. And it felt like it felt like you had discovered a Christmas present buried under the tree that no one had remembered and all of a sudden, hey, look, it's a little bonus. So it was nice. I, I love that. That reminds me of when we were at Hartford one time and uh, the lights were done and people were filing out. All of, a second, all of a sudden, you look up on the stage and you see this guy in a hoodie with a hood up covering his face run out. The, you know, people are filing out and then you see the band kind of mill on out there and we're like, oh my God, that is, he's coming out. And this was like, you know, a good 10 minutes after people have been leaving. Yeah. 
And then of all things, he plays working on the work on the highway, which uh, made it a little anticlimactic. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, certainly in keeping with what the story you just told, Jesse. Yeah, it was just kind of funny that um, how they do that. And, um, you know, I always think of, you know, Jackson Brown's, uh, you know, the loadout where he says, you know, don't take my piano because I still want to play. Right. I, wonder. I, by the way, I think that's the best non-Bruce album I've ever heard that is running on empty. That's yeah. my favorite non-Bruce album. I, yes, I, I can remember loving that album and I still do, but you're absolutely <laughs> I saw Jackson Brown once in this area and he was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. That's on last year. I've seen him a bunch of times. That's on last year. And he started right at seven 30 on the, on the ticket. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I, I laughed. Um, the um, I'm a big John Hyatt fan. Um, and um, his daughter, Lily Hyatt has put out, you know, she's now put out like three or four CDs and one of the minor in the grand scope of things, but I had tickets to see her for the first time. And then because of the pandemic, you know, the show got canceled, but she tweeted that uh, she goes, I'm ready to start playing live, but can, can we start the show at seven? <laughs> like, you know, like, I'm now used to like, can we just like, I, I, I want to be on the road, but like, can we start the show at seven? <laughs> so, so I'm done by nine, nine thirty. Uh, you know, instead of starting the sets at nine, nine thirty, or everything. So that's pretty good. Um, that's so keep going. I mean, I don't need to ask you guys questions. Just what are other stories from your adventures? What's the furthest you guys have gone to see a show together? So I have some stats here. Okay. Uh, so the, the furthest we, we have been together would be um, either New Jersey or Shea Stadium. We okay. went, we've been to three closing shows that, I, that we could think of. One was Mohegan Sun, which was a great show. One, uh, that, what tour was that, Scott? That was the... Uh, that was High Hopes, so that's... High Hopes, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Now, did um, he do a full album that night? No, no he didn't. Okay. That was when he had yeah. Tom Morello out there. And, okay. Uh, okay. And Nils and, and okay. Then right. Did, it wasn't. It's the working on the Dream Tour where he did a lot of that. Yeah. This was yep. the High Hopes. Okay. Got it. Then we did um, Shea Stadium with a couple other guys that that uh, you know one mutual friend and one other guy that 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 was a good friend of mine that that those guys kind of knew. Um, and that, that was the you played with Bob Dylan and among yeah. That was the uh, that was the reunion tour, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the funniest is we did have the internet then. We didn't have our phones, you know, ex whipped out. Oh, I'm sorry. That yeah. was the I take that back. That was the last night of the rising tour. I think you're right. It was a rising tour. Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're at that show. I vividly remember Bob Dylan comes out and we go crazy. Like, oh my God, it's Dylan. You know, Bruce is all but, you know, bowing to him. Yeah. I couldn't understand a word he said. <laughs> I didn't know what song it was. We had, a, we had to wait till the next day when Backstreet's put the list up. It was Highway 61 Revisited. Honest to God, I mean, we didn't know the song. I guess we would have known recognized the music. I didn't, I literally not one word. Wow. Not a word. But it was phenomenal. It was cool to see him. <laughs> came out too. I mean, everyone and their mother was on that stage last night. Yeah. That yeah. Night. Like Garland Jeffries was there. there, there mm -hmm. was, the yeah. set list from that night, it was an unbelievable set list. It really was. Played back in your arms. I mean, he yep. played a number of great ones. I mean, it was yep. And then yeah. we saw the tour, the tour closer in Foxborough uh, in 2016. And we weren't there with each other, but we were both there. And it was mm -hmm. nice. He had this whole family. I had my older daughter. And uh, it was bucket list. I mean, it was a, a he broke four hours. 
who's a tour closer. Um, great, you know, great, as good seats as you can have in a football stadium. Yeah. And um, he played everything as, a, as an old time fan. He played, there was not, there was no, as we like to say, there was no fat to trim off the set list. It was fantastic. Wow, that's awesome. That's um, really cool. But the farthest I've been solo would mm-hmm. be Arizona. Okay. So I, I've, I've got them for eight states, 14 cities that I can remember. Have, have either one of you traveled overseas? No, that's what I'd like to that's do. That's a bucket I, list. I, I want to make that yeah. happen on the next tour. Yeah. Maybe Italy in particular, because I think that would be the greatest place to see them. Those fans are so engaged and they're so nuts. And, and I love the fact that they can't speak English, but they can sing the songs. Yeah. I, I think that is amazing. <laughs> I, I think I would want Ireland just because I'm, I've never been to Ireland and I think that would be a nice double thing. And if we're just talking about like money, um, how cool would it be to, and I said this when it was happening, when we were doing the high hopes tour and he was touring Australia, New Zealand, and um, the owner of our company was coming to work, you know, like on Saturdays and, you know, he was worth, he's now worth a billion dollars with the time, you know, he's worth half a, billion dollars and i'm like and he's like in his late 60s early 70s i'm like what if i've got that kind of money you know i'm not coming to work on saturday i am buying tickets flying and and doing the whole tour down under right like i don't care if he isn't even a bruce fan i'd find some band that i wanted to follow and do that so yeah that would be very cool that is cool yeah very nice do you um you did you guys remember like when you got back together, like was the, the mutual love of Bruce's music, something that you guys had, like uh, you guys immediately remembered about each other? Absolutely. I mean, because, you know, if you went to our camp, Camp Skylamar in Naples, Maine, Bruce was so popular. And I remember, you know, learning about Bruce there. And and then uh, after, I was finished with camp and I started listening to him even more when I went to boarding school. And, um, you know, when Scats and I met up again back when uh, I was in college, you know, that was, mm-hmm. I kind of identified him with that along with camp. So, uh, yeah. what else would you want to talk about? You know, <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> right, exactly. And we had pizza, so it was easy to, to there we that. go. Yes. What was on the pizza? <laughs> Uh, I don't remember. I, I'm what, joking. I remember I, there wasn't any left. So okay, that's good. That's good. <laughs> um, so, um, I always ask because I think this is interesting and this is totally off the agenda. Um, are you guys football fans? Of course. Yep. And are you pulling for the Tampa? I mean, you know, it's funny. You, we were just discussing this in a, in a group chat the other day. I, I really like uh, Tom Brady. Obviously he's been great here. Yeah. But I also like Aaron Rodgers. I had a chance to hang out with him one time and, he was really oh. nice to the kids, and you know, for for an extended amount of time. So it, it's I'm kind of split, but I, you know, I, I really dislike Antonio Brown. So that's kind of ruined the uh, Buccaneers ride for me a little bit. Okay. But, I, but I did find myself rooting hard for Brady the other day. So it's I think it's one of those things where like uh, I'll see how I feel at the game. You know, okay. when the game starts. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. I okay. didn't get to hang out with Aaron Rodgers, but I would agree with that. I I don't uh, I don't dislike Brady. I I'm a hometown fan, right? I don't have, uh, you know, I, I don't start buying jerseys when guys go to other teams. Right. Um, 
And, you know, if he was playing our team, I'd be rooting against him. Right. Uh, same with Scott. You know, I, at the beginning of the season, I was kind of rooting for him. Then I got a little tired of the stick and the, and the hype and all that stuff. And I kind of yeah. took my attention elsewhere. But in the last game, as much as I like Drew Brees, I was I was wishing, you know, I was looking forward to seeing Brady do well and silence the naysayers, that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm originally I was born in Louisiana and um, you're a Cowboys guy, aren't you? I am a Cowboys fan. We were we were my family was not into sports whatsoever. Uh, If this was a sports podcast, you know, I always ask, hey, were your family into music? Uh, My my family did not do any sports whatsoever, but I had my first roommate um in out of college was a huge saints fan and so i was a casual fan and linda was a casual fan and then when you move to dallas um it's in the water i mean it is just it the cowboys you live and breathe the cowboys here um monday morning moods are based on you know whether they won or lost and um in fact i i remember i had a guy that worked with me and he and his wife were out at like a TGI Fridays and he looked up and said, Oh, the Cowboys won. And she goes, when did you start caring about football? And Rich goes, Jesse's in a happier mood on Monday. If the Cowboys win. <laughs> uh, we can relate to that. I mean, yeah. also the Patriots were so bad when we were kids, he either ended up being a Cowboys fan or a Steelers fan at a certain age until the Patriots yes. uh, matriculated to respectability. And I, I liked the Cowboys because I liked Roger Staubach. I thought he was. Ditto. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I liked Lynn Swan, but I was a Cowboys fan. When uh, <laughs> so this week uh, or last fall, we did at at my job, we did a a whole week of dress up for Halloween, right? And one day uh, it was Saint or Sinner Day, and I wore my Stallback jersey. Cause I said, can you think of a better saint than Roger? <laughs> and everyone <laughs> laughed and got a big kick out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's pretty interesting. I, I wonder about that because, you know, um, when Emmett Smith left, you know, it's, it's not like I cheered against them. It just, I wasn't really watching because I'm like you, I tend to be, um, like I may not watch many of the playoffs because the Cowboys aren't in it. And so I just have other things to do. Um, my son is a huge fan. Um, but I'm wondering, I just didn't know how the feeling was if they feel in the, in new England, do they feel betrayed by him or just a matter of, Hey, the, this is sports. This is what happens now. I think from, I can only speak for myself because yeah. you know, I think people have different opinions, but I feel Belichick didn't want him back. I think yeah. Belichick felt like it was time to move on and didn't want to pay him a certain amount. And he thought the Delta between what he would pay Brady at 25 million and what he ended up paying Cam Newton at 1 million, you know, he could yeah. use other guys and obviously didn't work out very well. Yeah. I, you know, and, and, and it probably, that was mathematically may have been the right thing to do, but it is good. Well, good. Well, I, I appreciate that little, four way into that and uh, we'll see what happens um you guys uh, obviously you've had a lot of fun uh attending shows together um any other memorable moments you want to share we got fenway park was a was a great one um we were supposed to do fenway the first time the first time um he played there we were both giddy. Like we just wanted to go. And one of the rare times I used good judgment, I, I 
turned in my tickets or didn't get the, didn't accept the ticket. And I went to Florida for my wife's grandmother's 90th. The whole family was going down there. And I, as much as I, it was the right move, I've been kicking myself because, um, you know, we each have kind of, a, you know, to quote Seinfeld, we always have that white whale song that we've yes. been waiting for. Mine was Frankie. Okay. And um, he played it the first time at Fenway. And of course, I was in Florida. didn't know until the next day when Scott told me. Um, but when he came back the next time, um, I forget if it was a couple of years, must have been a couple of years later. Um, I, we both went to both shows. We went to the second night together. That was a wrecking ball tour, by the way. Yeah. What's that? This was the wrecking ball tour we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the fun part was we walked in uh, literally right behind uh, Ken Casey from the uh, Dropkick Murphy. So we looked at each other like, well, we're pretty sure he's going to be called up tonight. So yeah, that was cool. Um, but we, you know, we had good seats, um, kind of on the first baseline facing the stage. Um, you know, it's, it's close. We could see everything. And the, the night before was so good. I mean, we were still talking about that and I was just dying. I was like, I'm waiting. I really wanted Frankie. I never thought I'd hear it. And Scott's favorite was, uh, that he was waiting for was the 78 version of prove it all night. Okay. And Bruce came out and opened the show with Thunder Road with Roy, like they did back then. So it was like a really cool moment. And I'm pretty good with like, you know, name that tune. I can get it in a note. Yeah. Scott can get it almost like at first breath. Yeah. And the first note came for Frankie and he lost. He was like, oh, my God. And he like grabbed me. He was like shaking me. And it took me a second. And I'm like, wow. And I like it. it uh, I can't believe it. And the song ends and I'm like, whoa. And he goes right into prove it all night. And Scott like went down on his knees and popped up. He's like, oh my God. Oh my God. We got our, we got our two white whales back to back when we were there together. I thought that was probably our coolest moment. That's got it, to be a cool moment. It was, you know, and, you know, you know, now you can, you know, you have it on bootleg and you can relive that moment. And then, uh, you know, last year, uh, I should say a couple of years ago when the river, the final tour shot, yeah. uh, spot in Foxborough, you know, Mike, I've been playing the 78 prove it all night for my kids for years. And they kind of like, Oh, the 78 version. And then <laughs> lo and behold, he pulled that out and it was the second or third song. And I, I think I had the same reaction to my kids always love to tease me about how excited I was, <laughs> but I was excited for them to hear it live. Cause I didn't think that that was really a possibility at that particular show. And yeah, it's, you know, but you know, the great thing about, you know, as you know, with the, with the set lusting Bruce is, you know, you move on to the next white whale. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, there was some discussion on Twitter. We're recording this uh, on the 19th, but today um, I think Howie started it. Like, what, what, you know, what four or five songs are you chasing, right? And we were talking yeah, about I, it. I responded to that. I yeah, too. I think Scott said too. My, the ones I would go with, and I'm not going to, I didn't put anything like if I was the priest, even though I'm dying to hear that, or a letter to you. I didn't put anything from the new album because I've been looking for that for decades. Like, well, and oh, let me interrupt it's you. It's amazing that I've never heard "Downbound Train." You know, that uh, is weird. Yeah, it blows my mind uh, because I love it. I would argue it's one of the five top five ten songs he's ever done, mm -hmm. and I would also argue it's the best song in that album. And for some reason, he'll play Darlington County a thousand times, or "Working on the Highway," or or, or any of those songs that I think aren't nearly as good along with, along with the ones that are great, like Bobby yeah. Jean or no surrender or whatever. Yeah. But, but I've never heard downbound train. So I'm hoping for that. I'd love to hear save my love. Um, I think that's a phenomenal one. And then um, none but the brave. He's played it a couple of times on the, on the last river tour. He mixed it in, 
But, uh, you know, it's never been a staple. I think the best chance I've ever had was when I went to see one of those holiday shows down in Asbury Park. But mm -hmm. that night he didn't play that either. So yeah. I'd really like to hear Downbound Train and the next door. You know, uh, when I did my list, I included I didn't include anything uh, from Western Stars or Letter to You because that goes without saying, because we haven't got right. to hear them do them live. I mean, we right. saw it in film. So, you know, anything from that would have be a thrill for us. So I did the other thing. Um, you know, I had one of mine was, you know, this is my sword. And you guys may have saw the discussion, but, um, you know, someone says, man, you'll never get that. And I said, funny thing, Houston, uh, the show, uh, me, Sam, and my wife all drove down, and it was supposed to open the show. And then Morella looked over and said, "Hey, we're in Houston. Oh, then let's do Seeds." I'm like, "No, <laughs> the last time I saw a show in Houston, you opened with Seeds." Uh, and I was like, "Oh, it's, it was that close, that close to get it." <laughs> How about you, Cats? Um, I I had a, a similar thing to Scott. I. I I'd have to go back and look at set list. I feel like I heard Downbound Train. Okay. But I don't really remember it. So I put yeah. Downbound Train and I put The Promise, which is kind of maybe everybody's white whale. You know. Yeah, that would be great to see. I agree. I, I heard that. I heard The Promise. He did a solo acoustic. I'm sorry. He did it with a piano, I should say, by himself. Solo piano on the last night of the reunion tour where I lucked out. I had fourth row seats on the side where the piano was. So oh, nice. And I were that and it it was you could hear a pin drop it just it just blew me away it was yeah, yeah. silly good i didn't put anything I, to be honest with you i didn't even have western stars on my mind but i like the album but um from letter to you i didn't have anything because it was i kind of assumed not to include it because right. i think when he goes on tour he'd be playing stuff from that album anyway yes so when he doesn't play something i don't know what i'd be missing you know what i mean yeah exactly um you know, the I had the wish on my list. And then when I got lucky enough to go to Broadway, you know, now I didn't get a full band version, but I was like, nope, I, you know, I'm not going to be. And then I included, um, you know, four or five songs that I've only heard once. And uh, I know not everyone loves Mary's Place from the Rising, but that was a song I loved. And The Rising was my first show. And I wasn't... I hadn't done my homework, right? Like I, like I knew the album, but only kind of casually. And so um, now then, you know, I, I, I have listened, when you go to a show, you've listened to the album multiple times. You already have in your mind, okay, these are the ones I want to hear, you know, and then here's my second level. And so I, I would love to hear Mary's Place and uh, Girls in Their Summer Clothes. I only got to hear once and I'd love to hear that again. Okay, Jesse, if you like The Wish, the first time I heard that was, I believe, was the Tom Joad tour at the yeah. Beacon Theater in New York City. Mm -hmm. And if you can pick up a copy of that, that, okay. that was fantastic. That, that okay. was really special. Very nice. Um, do you guys do you guys buy every archive uh, the archive that they release, or do you guys kind of wait and pick? I cherry pick. I, I try to grab every show he releases that I was at. Yeah. And I try to cherry pick around that with shows that you know. Look, we have a buddy in in New York that grabs almost every show, and you know, I I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just not as uh, fluid with my with my wallet but yeah. um 
you know, I, I try and grab the ones that I, I feel like I'm going to really want and listen to. I don't want to grab the same tour 17 times to hear one different song. But um, if I was at the show, I want to kind of replicate. I got the Mohegan Sun show the first night thinking it was the one we were at. It was the next night. I thought it was, the, I didn't realize he had played two without thinking. So that's one of the few that I that I don't have. He hasn't released the show. He hasn't released that one again. Yeah. Right. Um, but otherwise, I, you know, I grab here and there. I mean, like, you know, the, some of them are just legendary. You know, I had bootlegs as a little kid, not even realizing what it yeah. was like, because of the guys I grew up with. I mean, I, I was listening to the Agora, the Passaic, you, you know, all those famous shows from 78 tour. Um, I had them. Yeah. So um, hearing them now and, and really appreciating it more has been really cool. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm the same. I'm not exactly the same. Like I look for certain shows that I'm waiting for them to put out. Like you know, I get some from each tour, but I don't need to have like eight from the same tour. The one I'm hoping he puts out. It's kind of topical because the Phil Spector's got the other day is the Palladium show. I think it's from '75 where he played with and Ronnie Spector plays the last two. Uh, you know, I think he, she plays "Baby I Love You" and "Walking in the Rain." I could be wrong about that, but I think that's okay. right. And I'm hoping he puts that out, but I was really happy when he finally put out the Winterland shows. Those th those yeah. things needed to be released. It's kind of, I find interesting how it, they just find these random shows and then some of the legendary ones that yeah. they hold back for some reason. Yeah, I, I do the same thing. I, now I have been, since Terry and I are started to do the, uh, we arc, you know, we do an episode about every month-ish discussing the archives i've ended up buying them because i'm going to talk about them but but in the past it was always well you know and what's on the set list and what songs and you know i'll i'll never forget my um we were coming home from kentucky uh linda and i'd gone to you know another bourbon tour and she says okay it's your turn um, you can control the radio. I'm like, okay. So um, I have it on Bluetooth and I've got it on, you know, my phone and it, I'm playing random. And she's like, haven't we heard this song before? <laughs> yeah, we had. <laughs> then like later, you know, like 30 minutes, 45 minutes later, I know we've heard this song before. And I go, well, <laughs> the problem is Linda, I have five or six live shows <laughs> on my thing so there's a good chance that um you're gonna hear 10th avenue freeze out each show you're gonna hear you know uh so uh, i'm like we can skip this one like okay we can do that so, hey, Jesse, you know well you know not to i want to turn the tables on you a little bit we sure. haven't spoken about a letter to you yeah i'm curious you know because scats and i have you know analyzed this album for like crazy. I mean, I, I love the album. I think it's fantastic. I think it's timely. I think, you know, the, the quality is incredibly high. What do you, what for you, Jesse, what are your three favorites? And then what's your least one least favorite on that album? Um, so I, I am not a big fan of early Bruce. Like, you know, the, the latest archive where he was playing the first album, you know, in title and like, oh, I, I just, I, I, I've learned Bruce, same time you did, 1980, Hungry Heart, and I became a passionate fan on The Rising when I saw him the first tour. So, like, if I had a choice, I would pick, and if, if, if you gave me a choice, I would say, I want 
a set list that starts at Tunnel Love and goes forward. Like nothing else there. Just, I mean, wow. you know, and, and most people go and I would give me darkness and backwards and I'd be happy with that set list. Um, just because of some different songs. So when they talked about these three songs that were passed, I'm like, well, okay. I love If I Was a Priest. Yeah. I mean, it is... I, 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 I think my it's a first song. My first interaction was, this is what Outlaw Pete was trying to be. <laughs> and... It's really, uh, really interesting. Yeah. You know? Wow. And, and I just adore it. I am... Um, I... I really adore it. Um, I've always said, I, I've spoken at a couple of funerals and I've always quoted Land of Hope and Dreams. And I have made the joke semi-serious that, and I hope one day, years in the future, my son would quote Land of Hope and Dreams at my funeral. I might say, I'll see you in my dreams now would be the song that I would want quoted because it is such a beautiful song. Um, and uh, my current, um, you know, you know how you have your phone as your right. alarm clock. Sometimes um, the power prayer is the current song I have on my, and Linda's like, that's kind of soft, you know, because of the piano getting um, my friend, Sam said, I like house of a thousand guitars, but could he maybe not said it maybe a few less times like over <laughs> uh, the funniest joke was someone on Twitter said that he was, he was playing house of a thousand guitars and his wife said, don't get any ideas. Um, so um, I think that um, is, and then I'm, I'm going to have to look really quick because I tend to, I, I'm I, ghost letter to you, uh, power prayer, priest. I'll see you in my dreams, and then I'll just keep rolling the CD, those kind of over and over again. So um, I think it's amazing. I think to be sixty-one or seventy-one, and to be doing something that you could argue is as strong as anything he's done in the last 20, 25 years. Um, I, Scott's, I have no problem if someone says I don't like the album, but I got really mad at someone posted on Facebook. You know, Bruce um, is, he's destroying his legacy. He needs to just quit putting out albums. And I went, look, MF. Right. <laughs> like, you know, first off, Short of killing someone, like Ronnie, you like speaking of Phil Spector, right. nothing Bruce can do to tarnish his image, you know, his reputation. He has nothing to lose. Now, you don't like the album, that's fine. But you know what? He could do an album of kids' rhymes, you know, and it would just be, oh, that was interesting of Bruce to do. Right. I didn't care for it. But, you know, right. how can you tarnish your reputation when you're Bruce freaking uh, Springsteen? We try, to, we try to do an analytical approach to it. So there's Scats and I and two of our other buddies. We rank yeah. songs by album. Yeah. And then Scats is a spreadsheet. So we figure out, you know, not only do we know what our favorite albums are intuitively, but we try to do it statistically. And I love magic. And mm -hmm. but, but 
when I did my scores, I think that this album is the best album he's done since The Rising. I, I think it's that great. Uh, I mean, I just, uh, you know, and we talk about, you know, there's some, you know, you look at other song, other discs where CDs or, or whatever you have, it's MP3s or whatever, where you might skip a song here and there. The only song I really don't enjoy on this album is Rainmaker. Other than that, there's not a song I go, I go over uh, or I skip. So I made a point the other day of going through every song, you know, to, because there are my four or five favorites. Um, I would agree Rainmaker could be one of my least favorite, uh, but even it, that isn't a bad song. Right. Um, I agree with you. My, what I found interesting, you know, my wife is a casual fan at best. And so it was on a Friday night and I had already watched the documentary once and I had mentioned it to her and she goes, Hey, well, I always like documentaries and I always actually enjoy um, the Bruce documentary. So let's play this. And so we played it and she's like, I like that song. Oh, I like that song. And, um, you know, at the end of, she goes, you know, I liked every song you played. And um, when we went down to Louisiana to visit my mom, uh, we ended up playing the whole CD twice. Uh, you know, once on the way down and once on the way back up, because she says, I really like the CD. Um, I, I think I, I, th- I love the CD when I heard it, but then while seeing the film and watching them work together and um, Terry Smith is the one who first told me this, right? That um, I guess some of them went to Bruce and said, don't make demos because then we're going to come yeah. to this. We're going to come to the studio with beat the demo. Let's just, you know, let's have this and to see them with their legal yellow pads, all with their reading glasses on, you know, trying to figure out. Um, and um, I just had a guess. Um, Betsy uh, is a, uh, I just talked to her last week and she had won a zoom call with Max for a charity. And she said, one of the questions she was asked is, how do you make that up? I mean, how do you hear Bruce play if I was a priest on a guitar and then you figure out the, the drum, you know, the bring it up and like, how does that come out of your mind? How do you do that? Uh, So uh, yeah, I think it's, it's amazing. And I don't know if you guys have heard it, but I, I had a guy on, it's been a couple months, and, and I think about this all the time. I'll think of his name in a minute. But he said, I was standing in the pit at the reunion shows, and I said, this is it. This is the ultimate of Bruce Springsteen. I've, the band has gotten back together. They have had a great tour. Uh, we had a greatest hit CD. Um, they may get together every few years and tour, but this is the height of Bruce Springsteen and my love of him. And he said, if I could go back and tell that guy, you have no idea what's coming. (laughs) I mean, the rising magic wrecking ball, Broadway, an autobiography, Western stars letter to you. I, and I just think about that. I, I bet there were a lot of fans that were sitting there going, man, they're finally back together and it'll be, and to have this legacy is just amazing. It is. I agree with you. I agree with everything you just said. Yeah. 
Um, One controversial thing, if I could mention. Sure, please. So um, Scott will know almost instantly what I'm going to say, but you mentioned Land of Hope and Dreams, which I absolutely love. I mean, just, I, I think we were, we were together when he, when he played it out there and the, for the first time in this area. Um, but I, 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 I can't fathom uh, the, the need or the desire to make a studio version of that and tweak it up. And the electric, there's, there's, there's three things I think that Bruce should be banned from. Like, you know, you just, sure. You know, one is the bullet mic. If I never hear a bullet mic again, I'd, I'd be thrilled. One is these weird added sounds that have nothing to do with anything that just randomly appear at the end of a song instead of just playing it out. Uh, a lot of them were on High Hopes, that, that album. And the important one here is the, is the electric drummer. I call it the beatbox drum. Yeah. The, the boom, 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 boom that he puts into Land of Hope and Dreams on the album. It's, it's literally nails on a chalkboard for me when I hear it on, on E Street Radio and they only play the song, you know, seven times an hour. Right. Uh, I literally turn it off. I, I switch stations and I, I would never do that. I mean, even songs I really dislike, I won't do that. That song I do because it's, I hate that so much and it's just disappointing because it was one of my favorite songs. And this argument came up the other day because we were rating uh, Wrecking Ball and just... I just hate the song. I hate it. Like literally hate it. And I, I'm, I'm guessing it's controversial because I think everybody else is either a casual fan and just, Oh, it's great. Or uh, just doesn't care, but I can't, you know, that's my, my mission, Gus. I, I hate it. Hate it. <laughs> I uh, embrace, I've never noticed now I'm going to go want to pull out. I, I think just because I would say Land of Hope and Dreams is my number one Bruce Springsteen song and Better Days is too. Um, and so. What a call that is. That's, yeah, a, that's I, an interesting I, I, pull. I get, I think Land of Hope and Dreams is a 10. I don't mean to interrupt you, but yeah. I love, I, I know, I actually remember you telling me that with Better Days, but yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. I love, the, I just love the randomness of that. Yeah. The reason why is, um, and this goes way back to when I was in high school. Um, I had a, Mrs. Duhon was an English teacher and she, she talked about that. Um, she goes, I was a really close to my class in high school and, but I would never go back to high school because I've gone to high school. I've enjoyed it. I went to college. I enjoyed it. And, um, and I remember sticking with that. And then I, as I started my work life, I would hear people say, well, once I get the promotion, then I'm going to be happy. Once I get the kids out of diapers, then I'm going to be happy. You know, uh, once I find um, a good spouse, then I'm going to be happy. And they don't enjoy the journey. And to me, that's what better days means. Um, everyone, every once in a while, you'll see if you're, you're thrown up on stage and you have to do a TED talk. What do you do? And I'm like, I pull up the lyrics, the better days. And I talk about that. I expand on that life is a journey and better days is enjoy the days where you are, even when it's, it's a bad day and it's a bad time, you know, you are never going to be able to repeat this focus on that, that, you know, this journey is important. So that's why it's such an important song to me. That's a good way of looking at it. I mean, yeah. you remind yourself that during the tough times, you're one step ahead of most people. 
Well, um, you know, when I drove down to Austin to see him for the book signing, and as I've told the story a hundred times, I'm muttering to myself all the way down, like I'm Luca Broxa and the Godfather, hey, your first job, you know, and, right. and my thing was, um, I was unemployed for nine months last year. I listened to Land of Hope and Dreams and Better Days Every Day. That's what got me through it. Thank you very much, Bruce. And, you know, three seconds into it, next, you know, so he didn't right. hear. But um, I got to say it. That's what the important part was. So, yeah, absolutely. That's very cool. Yeah. That's, that's very good. cool. Yeah. Um, okay. What should I have asked you that I haven't? Well, that's a great question. It is a great question. I, I guess the one thing that I, had, that I made a note that I think we wanted to mention that we talked about earlier today when we were prepping to for this, prepping, discussing it, yeah, um, was how fortunate we've been with some songs that he's played and some areas that he's played that we get. And I guess maybe every area has their own thing. Like I know Bruce has talked about when he did the uh, the from my home to yours with Southside and, and little Steven sort of yeah. saying, you know, whenever he's in Philly, he's got to play the fever. Cause that's where it started, you know? And um, we've been really fortunate in Boston to get thundercrack. We've had that at least two or three times. And I know I have friends in New York that are just dying. Like yeah. we, never, we never get it. We get, we get something else. that's good, but we don't yeah. get thundercrack. And I, I wonder why need for it. So yeah, I, I yeah. don't know. That's, that's and we've also been fortunate where we live that, you know, Hartford's only an hour and a half away and there's every Hartford show is a great show. I mean, just mm -hmm. if you play something you, you didn't want to hear, but it, you end up with an amazing show. And, and we've been fortunate there and he's played like loose ends a bunch of times, which is a favorite of ours. And um, it, it's, it's just amazing. I mean, we're really blessed to maybe to live where we live, or maybe he just feels, you know, these are the areas that when he was starting out, were very supportive. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but we're, we've been really lucky. So I guess maybe the question to answer your question is what sort of songs have you, have you heard that maybe others haven't or songs that you remember or things like yeah. that? That was a note that I had to mention. So, um, you know, I, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in the boss time website. Um, you know, Elko does a great job. And so he does all the work for you. Um, where if you sign up or register, you've registered and you can pick what shows you've done and then he'll do all the math for you. Um, turned out that he hasn't played the wall very often. And I was at a show where he played the wall and, uh, which was pretty cool. Um, very cool. So, so yeah. underrated, underappreciated. I, I think that, the, you know, I'm, I think that there's some songs in that album that people never think about anymore that are very underappreciated. Starting yeah. with that one. Yeah, I, I do too. And and so I was really happy with that. It was he did the wall and born in USA as a combo. And I just like, okay, this is this is pretty powerful. Um he's um the very first show I was at in Dallas was a rising show. And at the time, and I think Don Henley still may live here, but at the time, everyone knew that Don Henley was a resident of Dallas and he joined him on stage and they did I Fought the Law. Oh, wow. And so that was my first show, you know, and I'm like, oh, man, that's pretty cool. Um, I wonder if he does this every show, if he finds a local musician to sing with. Um, one of my great disappointments, even though Nashville in 2012 was a great show, 
um, I just knew in Nashville, someone would join them on stage. I mean, it's, it's freaking Nashville, right? right? Like, like Roseanne Cash. I mean, like, you know, um, Brad Paisley, you know, just name them. Um, and when no one showed up, I was like, I mean, it's hard to complain, but it just would have been cool uh, yeah. to see. Um, and then um, when he did the Devils and Dust tour here, um, he did my Oklahoma home before he had done the seeker sessions and that was kind of cool to see because yeah. Uh, yeah so that's that's very cool um, we've been lucky seeing guests i mean in boston we get peter wolf a lot because yeah. peter lives here um dropkick murphy's are big, big right now. we we were at a show pretty sure one night or or i know i was there where he had the dropkick murphy's come up and one of it might have been the guitar player proposed to his girlfriend on stage and bruce stopped the show to let him do that oh how fun that was kind of cool. Um, and then I know, like Scott said, you know, that time in New York, we had Bob Dylan, I think Willie Nile, Garland Jeffries. We, had, we there was a whole John Landau. Yeah. Um, so we've had a, you know, we've seen Morello with him, you know, playing with him, yeah. but we've had a good run of, of, you know, people jumping up there with him and playing a song or something like that. It, it's been pretty cool. So um, the, I think it, it must've been, it must have been the magic tour in Dallas because um, cause I'm pretty sure we had to go down to um, Houston for working on the dream, but it was either working because one or the other, one of them, he went to Dallas, one of them, he went to Houston. Um, so, and the very next night Bon Jovi was playing and he, John Bon Jovi came out and they did glory days together. And my friend Sam was like, like okay really glory days and like that like uh, sam is one of those that like he would give up born to run for another song like he's like i've heard born to run too many times let's just take that out of the set list and give me one of the rarities i want to hear and my argument is it's everyone's show is someone's first show and they want to hear born to run, you know, and so you should embrace that. It's, yep. you know, you, you touched on something there. And I think Scott will know this. We, one of the other guys that we, we do our rankings with a good friend of ours, also from our camp, he cannot stomach Bruce playing any covers. I mean, he'll, he gives a pass to trapped. He gives yeah. a pass to, uh, uh, he, I mean, to him because the night is partially a cover. I mean, he, those are like the only things. He doesn't want to hear Santa Claus unless maybe it's Christmas, literally. Yeah. He doesn't want to hear any covers, period. He's like, I, he's got a thousand songs. I don't want to hear any covers. Now I get, I mean, you know, I got a little tired of shout. I'll admit that. Um, but um, to me, and to, I think Scott would agree, unless you know exactly what he would have played instead, you know, would I rather hear the angel or, or uh, you know, Detroit medley? I'll take Detroit medley. 18 times a week over that yeah it, it sort of we don't know what he would play and like you said it's somebody's first show or somebody else's favorite just because i don't like it yeah and trying to be something for everyone and inevitably it works you know even if you didn't want to hear that and you wanted to hear something yeah. else the show works and you don't walk yeah. out it was a great show but he played this cover i mean you know it's yeah exactly I think one of the underrated things about going to a show with scats his least favorite were one of his three <laughs> least favorites is Cover Me. I, I like it. Um, he, you know, he and your good friend Ken Rosen share. Uh, yes. With that. You know, that was, 
Yes. We've we, we, we become friendly with Ken and we've had this discussion before. But, yeah. you know, Scats has a special cover me face that comes on. <laughs> kind of like someone would have, like, if they were putting money into a vending machine and, and, the, and the so didn't come out. Or if yeah. they stepped in a do in dog. Uh, <laughs> yes. you know, and, and I remember one time on that same show where I told you about earlier, where he came out later and played working on the highway. It was hard. Uh, you yeah. know, he was playing cover me. And it was a great solo. It was a great solo. I don't remember if it was Nils was doing it or he was. And I'm dancing around and, and he leans, Scott leans over me and goes, if you don't stop dancing, I'm going to throw you down in your seat. <laughs> <laughs> So friendship just, has its limitations. Yeah. As far as uh, when when Bruce plays cover me, that's funny. I just, I just don't like it. Yeah. I used to I used to leave him messages. He, for some reason, it killed him when Patty would you know, if you recall in the seventy five eighty five uh, live thing, there's nowhere to run, there's nowhere to hide. You know, she's seeing that to open up, and he didn't. That didn't do much for me either. So I used to leave that on his answering machine. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that. that. <laughs> I, I love that. That's great. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, Sam is just one of those that um, you know, like he talked about the river could have been a masterpiece if he'd made it a single album, but pick, but I would pick the songs and uh, we, we laughed at. Um, I, I, oh man, I, that, that's heresy. Yeah, I, mean, that, I, I agree. That that there is no thing. bad song there, in that album. No, where, where I would agree, where I would take that is what he should have done in my opinion is made human touch and lucky town into one song into right. one album and then then he would have had a masterpiece then as opposed to you know some songs that maybe yeah. have been left behind in the it's in like the two world. fives for a 10 you know it's yeah, exactly yes yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, you, I, we've had this scats and i've had this discussion with our other two buddies many times but yeah if you took the 10 best songs from those two albums man that would be unreal yeah and it's it's interesting that um you know, what he did. I, you know, I've asked this guys uh, in the past and um, you, what were your feelings when the band breaks up yeah. until you get to the reunion, that dark period? I mean, what were your feelings being this passion of a fan and, and, you know, in that dark period, like talk to me a little bit about that. Could I answer that first, Scott? Sure. So the, I had I had the CEO of my company. We had a company Zoom conference last week, a three day conference, and he said, you know, everybody knows I'm a Springsteen fan, and he said, you know, I got to tell you, I'm a, he's a big music guy, he's a little younger, and he's like, I just I don't get it, you know. And I had him watch Springsteen on Broadway, and he did, and he loved it, and now he gets a little bit. But yeah. he asked me what I what I what 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 is about him that that makes it so special for you, and the part two parts one i think i already told i did tell you where you know you grow up and the older guys are into it and you want to be cool like the older guys and you're gonna get into it um but to me there's some there's a mystique there's a a loyalty a friendship and you know both scott and i are both loyal guys we're good friends for each other for other people and you know i'm i'm a team sport guy i was not an individual sport guy i like the camaraderie i like relying on someone else and having them rely on me i like you know, if I, if I can't sing to save my life, but if I was a singer, I'd want to be in a band. I, I, the whole aura of that, I think is cool. And the fact that these guys for the most were together when they were, you know, 15, 16, 17, in some cases, or mid twenties, you know, for X amount of years, just, you know, I don't know what their 
relationships were like and if they were always tight or if they hung out afterwards or whatever, but I like to think they did. And it was that sort of camaraderie and the, the friendship that really mattered to me. And so many other bands would fight over stupid stuff and break up or somebody's doing drugs or somebody's ODing or somebody's drunk, whatever it is. And it didn't seem to happen with these guys because they just took things more seriously, I guess. I don't know. So that was the, the core for me. So when they broke up, um, I didn't get it at the time. I mean, I, I, I've been supportive, I think, not that it matters, but I mean, I've been yeah. supportive of Bruce wanting to expand his horizons and experiment and, you know, sort of get through his psychological issues that he's now talked about that we didn't know about then. But at the time I was crushed. I was like just coming into my own. I finally had some money. I had a car. I could, I could go to shows in other places. I could visit friends and he's going to tour without the East Street. It was unfathomable to me. And we went and saw, you know, plenty of shows. This is when Scott and I first connected. I let him take it, take the baton. But I thought the band, that, that band played well. They sounded well. And they were working their butts off. I mean, and Bruce was really picking up a lot of slack that normally the band, you know, the E Street band would fill. But it wasn't the same. It just wasn't. And, and I, I, again, you know, Scott calls it the, makes fun of me with the, you know, Shane Fontaine. I, the guy's a great guitar player. I could not visually watch him contort like a chicken when he was playing, you know, constantly would drive me insane. Sure. And, um, you know, look, we all have little things that we love or hate. And that was one of them. So that was a rough period for me personally, but um, everybody's got to come full cycle on their own. And he, you know, I think I wouldn't, as you said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade what we've got to get over that hump. And if that was what was necessary to get to this point, then so be it. That felt differently because Scats has me by a few years. So he'd seen a few more shows. My first show was Tunnel of Love was opening night in Worcester. And then I didn't, you know, then that was the next tour was after that. And I was just so excited to see Bruce. I wanted to hear the songs I had heard on Tunnel of Love. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know any better. You know, I mean, I'd only seen one show. Now, when he came back later and had the reunion tour, you know, I, I just, you know, the best thing I can say about this is there was a four, there was on the Shane Fontaine tour as Shane Fontaine all-stars tour, you know, as I would call it, <laughs> you know, we saw, we, you know, we got to a point where the, the set list was so standard where we were waiting. You know, I remember we were driving out to Worcester one night, second night and two nights. We had seen him in Boston for a couple of nights before that, you know, it was like four shows and six nights or something. It was, great. No, that, yeah. that was, that was the reunion tour. But anyhow, we're no. going, this is, I remember saying to Scott, you know, I'm not as excited about this as I should be. You know, I know we're going to hear Roll of the Dice. I know when he's going to play Leap of Faith. I know when he's going to play Local Hero. I know he's going to play Souls of Departed. And we're basically waiting for three or four songs. Whereas on the reunion tour, there was a five-night stand in Boston. And we went, to, I, we went to all five shows in the span of eight days or something like that. And there was, you know, there was spontaneity. You didn't know what was going to happen. You didn't know what they were going to play. There were audibles. I remember... The final night of that five night stand, he opened it with Backstreets. You know, my jaw dropped. I couldn't believe, you know, I didn't even fathom that. And yeah. it was just, I, so getting back to your initial point, yeah, I was excited to see the Human Touch and Lucky, Lucky Town uh, uh, tour because I was just, you know, it was my second and through 20th, you know, I probably saw 10 shows of that. Yeah. But then when I, then I realized when the union tour, what we've been missing, and, you know, you can't compare the two. You know, I thought that was interesting. Um, I, a couple of people had asked me before the autobiography was published, they're like, well, what are you looking for? And I said, I, 
I'm looking to hear his story. Um, but if I, if I have anything specific, I really want to know about him disbanding the band and getting back together. I'm curious the thought process behind that. And then um, his first marriage. Not that I want the dirt, but it just seemed, you know, that that happened so quickly. Like, you know, like what happened? You can go from being you're on the cover of People and everything to all of a sudden, you know, I remember Whoopi Goldberg making the joke like Born in the USA was everywhere. Bruce, you're going to have to pay a lot for that. Um, and he did dwell on that. He talked a lot about that. And um, and then little Stephen was on um, Brian the guy who writes billions does a podcast. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Oh, on it. Yeah. And, you know, he said that he tells bands now don't break up. Don't officially break up, go do your solo projects, go whatever, but that you, you can always come back and work together because there's something beautiful about that. And I think that, as you said, to get where they are, this had to happen. But if they were going to, redo it they would have not officially broke up they would have okay go have and we will come back later but it took that journey to get there and i think right. that's you know uh once again better days right did it, did we had to do the journey and that's right nice yeah um i have a, I have a funny story if you have sure a, please a, we're so, good so um we talked about scott mentioned the show at the beacon theater he'll know the guy i won't say his name just for protect the innocent or not so innocent but a very close friend of mine who we brought to Shea Stadium with us for that show lived above the Beacon Theater. They have apartments. And he lived there for a while when he was single. And this guy, uh, I'll keep my language PG, but he was a playboy. I mean, he just, okay. that's all he cared about. I think, I, you know, I have one of like three guy friends in his life or something. I mean, he just, it was all, you know, who's he going out with? Who's he sleeping with? That sort of thing. And Bruce announces he's going to play the beacon theater and i my eyes lit up like a christmas tree i mean there's no way i'm going to get tickets for that and i realize he lives up above mm -hmm. so i call him right away at work because i know he knows the person i won't even give her title but there's a woman who worked very high up at the time and she was very interested in him let's just leave mm -hmm. it that way okay so i call him i'm like dude get two tickets i don't you come with me don't come with me. I'll pay whatever, anything. Just get me the yeah. ticket. And um, he gets back to me. He goes, yeah, I couldn't do it. I'm like, what do you mean you couldn't do it? And he's like, well, I would have had to sleep with her. And I just, I'm not really into it. I'm like, now you're going to have a conscience? All of a, sudden, all of a sudden you care about who you sleep with? The one time I need you to do something for me. And so to this day. Do it for the team, right? Yeah, yes. take, exactly. Be a team player. To this day, that is still a bone that I pick with him. At his wedding, I mentioned it to like anywhere. I mean, I don't say yeah. in front of my wife, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I I let him have it about a week ago out of nowhere. I just yeah. came up in my head like I'm still pissed. You know, so That's uh, funny. That's really, I, I love that story. That's great. <laughs> you know, um, I, I had mentioned you, you'd, you had said, that's a good question. You know, when I ask what else have I, what have I not asked you? I should have, you know, I started doing that and you guys may have saw Ken Rosen talked a little about this in the Backstreet's article, but I did have a guy that we finished and I turned off the recorder and, um, I was like, oh, I hope you had a good time. Oh, I did. I did. He says, you know, next time I'm on, I'll have to tell you when I got drunk with the E Street Band. What? 
<laughs> like, how do you not lead with that story? So, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, all right. This is great. This is absolutely. Uh, I love the idea of this long of a friendship um, and the combination of Bruce and the music. And uh, do you guys go to other shows together? Uh, I don't That's think a question. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not averse to it. I've invited. I'm a big Southside Johnny and the Jukes fan, so I've seen okay. him. I've invited him. He couldn't make it, but um, okay. I don't think we've been to anyone else together, have we? That's yeah, funny because uh, you know uh, other bands that I like. We don't have. A, you know, we like Jackson Brown. We look. You know, but I've I've been to more shows. I made more of an effort to see Jackson and Skyler's okay. one too. And, I, and I'm a big Pearl Jam fan and Killers fan, which he's not into. You okay. know, those are the bit. You know, I went to see the Who last year. You know, bands like that. So okay. I really think we just sit around waiting for Bruce to show up. So we, <laughs> there, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And so I, I sort of, I yeah. sort of tell people I save my bullets uh, for Bruce. I mean, you know, yeah. I, you know, budgets. Are, you know, my mother's giving me a hard time over the years, and I'm like, you know, listen, how many people or how many things in your life do you have a relationship with, even if it's one way, for that yes. many years consistently that hasn't let you down, right? And, you know, yeah, so 57 shows over, you know, 36 years, you know, until Broadway, I had never spent more than 125. I mean, I, we've been behind the stage a bunch of times. I know what he looks like. I don't really care. Yeah. What so um, I haven't really spent that much when you amortize it out. You know? Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, I, I don't do drugs. I don't beat my wife and kids. I mean, you know, what? That's so very great, guess. You know, it, it was it was funny. Um, Linda and I were talking and um, she said, well, wait a minute. How long has it been since you've seen him in concert? And I said, well, Broadway, but that's several years ago. Yes. Yes, it is. It's been a long dry spell. Crazy. Yeah, it's yeah crazy. it is. Yeah. And we got kind of spoiled, right? Because it was like, you know, we had, you know, we had magic and working on a dream and, you know, all this. So it's a row. Um, all right. This is great. I, I have just had a blast. Um, so, Scats, you, you've got to do the Mary question. So okay. uh, I know, Scott, you already did. You're welcome to answer it a second time if you change your mind. But for those of you who have never listened to the podcast, because you're you're one of the, you know, Scott's, uh, the two Scott's. Uh, posse um jay armstrong is an honors english teacher in the philadelphia area he just recently retired and every year he would have his senior honors english class break down thunder road as a poem they go through all the different lyrics they talk about the imagery in the song uh they compare it to other poetry including like robert frost and then at the Where end was of the this future, guy when i got kicked out of college i could yeah and then at the end of the two days, he asked the question, does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? So that's your question. Um, I honestly think she does. I mean, when you really sit down and look at it, you got to be a pretty glasses half empty kind of person to feel like, you know, woe was me. And, you know, I, I gave her my heart and she, you know, gave me a pen, you know, to, to take the say anything route there. But um <laughs> I think she does. I think she gets in the car. I mean, I think he makes a pretty good case. Uh, he, he lets her off the hook. You know, you ain't a beauty, but hey, you're all right. And it's all right with me. Um, nobody's perfect sort of thing. And uh, I think she climbs in and they get out and, uh, you know, the, the rest is history. All right. Very nice. 
And Scott, do you want to share your answer again? Yeah, or have I, you changed? I, I think he's right on the money. I think like it's a town full of losers and we're pulling out here to win. It's in the we. And, uh, you know, I think at that point, you know, he hadn't gotten to darkness yet, which obviously, you know, there's a little bit more of a morose uh, recognition of reality, you know, and racing in the street, you know, the, yeah. you know, when she's sitting there with the eyes of one who hates for just being born. I don't think they're at that point. I think uh, Thunder Road's a little bit more hopeful towards the end. So I'd like to I'd like to think that's what happened. You know, one of the things that someone pointed out to me is that um, in racing in the street, she sits at the porch of her daddy's uh, house is that could be the same porch that she danced on. Right. And so absolutely. That's good stuff. Yeah. yeah, I I thought, I thought the question you were going to ask me with Thunder Road was, is it Mary's dress waves or sways? So I actually have a t-shirt on my website that says the question isn't whether Mary's dress sways or waves. It's does she get in the car? (laughs) I thought Bruce's answer to somebody who asked that uh, recently yeah. was great. He said, well, what does it say in the lyrics on the, on the album? And he says, as waves, he goes, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. Very good. Uh, guys, this has been a blast. I, I just appreciate so much. Thank you for your time. Uh, Thank you. We've, we've gone over an hour. Um, if someone wants to reach you, uh, Cass, talk to it. Uh, give us your Twitter handle if you want to share. Sure. My Twitter handle, that's a good, uh, I'd have to pull it up. I believe it's at Scott F as in Frank Katz, K-A-T-Z. Okay. And, and Scott? Uh, if, if I can mention one quick thing. Oh, please. I, yes. I just wanted to tell you, I've had a really, you know, in, a, in an otherwise crappy year, one of the highlights other than, you know, getting some extended family time, uh, you know, that I maybe wouldn't have had. I'm not sure my kids are that excited about that, but yes. Um, is I have a really, really, really awesome, amazing, beautiful, wonderful friend um, from high school that I've got back in touch with, with a group. And uh, we started discussing somehow uh, she and I just started discussing Bruce and she has become a Bruce fan. I've been like spoon feeding her songs. Nice. At a time. She just watched the Broadway special and now she's like a real fan. Uh, Her name is Shira. I won't give anything else because I don't want to take away her privacy. Yeah. But I just wanted to shout out. I think she deserves a little tip of the hat that she's uh, at this stage of life is, is a big Bruce fan now. Well, uh, you should ask her to join me on the podcast. I may do that. Yeah, that would be, be fun. fun. Yeah. That would be very fun. How about you, Scott? Yeah, uh, you know, it was fun when I did it. When I did this with you last time, uh, some people reached out to me. That was kind of cool. I've kept in touch with. So it's at Scott Schuster at scott s-h-u-s-t-e-r 11 so at twitter so uh, so there you have it very nice this was a lot of fun jesse you know yeah this was well i appreciate it any other final thoughts you guys want to share uh i would i would just say that um i think anybody who's out there that that has an opportunity to see him and you're debating um you know especially now yeah. You know, how much longer can can this go on? Uh, you know, I mean, Bruce and the band, um, they were lucky for a long time until, you know, Danny and Clarence left. I was at we were at the last shows that Danny was at in Boston, actually, when they announced what was going mm-hmm. on. Um, don't miss the opportunity. The, the the hundred bucks or the 200 bucks, whatever it is that you're worried about now, 10 years from now, you piece of cake not a big deal and that that's how i looked at broadway you know i bit the bullet and spent you know double or triple what i had ever spent before yeah by myself and it was amazing and um 
uh, you know, don't miss that opportunity. And, and uh, this was awesome. It's totally a lot of fun. And any other time you get another topic or just want to just talk again, I'd love to do it again. It was a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, I, I'd love to have you both on again. All right. So how about you, sir? Any final words? Uh, you know, I, I'm just so, you know, I, I love the fact that Bruce wants to get out on the road just as badly as his fans do. I mean, yes. he's got this album that he's so proud of and it's so great. And uh, I, I just hope everyone's happy and healthy and, you know, some better days are ahead to, to quote your favorite song. And, yes. uh, you know, and, I, and I'm, I just hope, you know, sooner than later, I know he mentioned 22 for, for the tour. He thinks when it's going to be safe. And I just hope he has a long ass tour. It goes all over the world and we see him a ton of times. Absolutely. I totally agree. All right. So um, I've started, this is, um, I've done a couple of these and I've ended every episode uh, with this theme with uh, now out here on this road, out on this road tonight, I close my eyes and feel so many friends around me in the early evening light and the miles we have come and the battles won and lost are just so many rivers traveled, so many rivers crossed and I ask God for the strength and faith in one another Cause it's a good night for a ride across this river to the other side, my blood brothers. And uh, I think that's what it's all about. Scott, Scott, thank you guys so much. Listeners, you be safe. Remember to social distance, wash your hands, wear an F and mask, and let's all be good to each other because that's the only way we're going to get through this. Goodbye. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation. And I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter at setlustingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlustingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Brew shirts, as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash... And right now, who does? You can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking. Hard rockin', music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listening Bruce. Set Listening Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 